Welcome, it's Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Highland, episode 17 from 23rd and Vine on East Carson Street on the south side near the Birmingham Bridge. We call it Pittsburgh's Bourbon Street. It is a happening place. I invite you to take a listen, episode 16, by the way, from the immersive Van Gogh Pittsburgh exhibit. It's pretty incredible. It's a chance to see the works of the great Van Gogh in a way You've never imagined, and 6% of the Pittsburgh population has already seen it, and you don't want to miss it. And today, it's a different immersion into the arts. With us is Billy Hartung. I think he's one of the most talented people I've ever met. He is the director of Center for Theater Arts in Mount Lebanon, but so much more. He's been on Broadway. He's a dancer. He's an actor and singer. He graduated from Seton LaSalle Catholic High School and Point Park. He's the father of six children, and he's been in a lot of movies that I know you've seen, including a movie filmed in Pittsburgh. You remember Striking Distance with Bruce Willis? It's awesome. And also with us, Sharon Eberson, who is a former Post-Gazette performing arts writer but knows a lot about the industry, and her son, Josh Axelrod, is the current PG performing arts writer, we got all these guys together with us, and I know Pittsburgh is really a town that appreciates the arts, right, Jimmy? Yeah, we got a rich history. We got a rich history, and, and, and the thing is, like, like Billy was saying earlier, I think the cool thing is, Bill, when you're doing it for a living as, as a performer, uh, I could tell the way to, to do it is you're you're not in it for fame, you're not in it really for money, you're in it to perform. I could see that there's a passion. That's the only way to be in it. It's it's the only way, and and um. Then you don't have to remember, it's the truth, so you don't have to remember who you are or who you were the last time someone ran into you. You right. know, a lot of the folks that I performed with in New York, you know, all, geez, two decades ago now, are the new writers and directors. And right. they're like, heart tongue, what do you say? <laughs> the time I said, I, I, got, I got a kindergartner still. So I'm not, I'm not yet, but um, you, you mentioned striking distance. Right. You know, Rowdy Harrington, is a Pittsburgher who directed that movie. Okay. Really good friends with Bruce Willis, which was how he brought Bruce to Pittsburgh to do this film. Um, and every the word on the street was, you know, we have great casting offices here. I mean, Donna Bella, Jack, and Nancy Moss are casting. You know, there's casting agents here. Sure. So the teachers were like getting phone calls from these casting directors saying, "Who do you have in class that will show up and hit the ball? Because we don't want to put them in a room and right. have them crash and burn." And but Rowdy was a new and a CMU guy, so they're like, "Look, Billy, we're going to send you, but you know that those roots are deep over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it may not work out." And I thought, "Well, I don't know. I I kind of I can relate to this character, sure. and so I have a role in this movie, Striking Distance, which I still get residuals on. You know, twenty. What, what was your character? So I, I was specifically boat preppy, but he had a name. His name was Scott. <laughs> okay. But I had a race. I had to speed through the river on this boat, and it was the setup of Bruce being a riverboat cop having to pull these kids over for okay. screwing I remember you had the no stuntman? Yeah, no stuntman. It was me. And that's a whole other podcast. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I get the part, eight auditions to get this part, but they never asked me if I could drive a boat. You're kidding. I can't. I've never driven a boat. <laughs> it never came up. You just it was, winged it? 
Well, uh, well, uh, they were. Hey, we're going to have a stunt practice with you, and there's going to be extra boats on the water, and they're only allowed to go this fast. <laughs> when you go over the dam, you get to go this fast. And I was like, I don't think boats stop when you want to stop. Like they tend to keep going. Yeah. You have to project all this. Sure. So I called a friend, and I was like, Could I go out with you on your boat, like, just to get a feel for this? Because well, then he's like, Yeah. So I think I got it. And then they put a crane in front of the boat to strap the camera. Oh, so yeah, you're supposed right. to act like, hey, there's a there's a camera in front of your face, but just drive the boat. Don't act like there's a camera in front of your face, you know? But the point is, the dock was here on the south side. So when I was driving here today, we, right over by the river, was where the, the train, you know, the cr crew set yes. up. And I thought, this is so funny. You know, 24 years ago, I had my first film down here. Now I'm coming down to kind of talk about the career, you know. Funny, but this is the beauty of it. And it's to your point of, you got to love it. I get my first film fitting. I get my own trailer. Right. I get my own outfit, right? I go, I put my clothes on, and they call me to the set, and I'm walking right down, you know, maybe it was 20th or so, right, right. down to the river, and a flock of pigeons fly over me and shit all over me. No. <laughs> all over me. Like, I was like, if I had a theme song, it was, I'm walking on sunshine. What the heck? Life can humble you. So yeah. I go back, totally. So I go back to the trailer, didn't even, she's like, did you get shit on? <laughs> I was like, yeah. She goes, it's happening all month. Everybody down here is getting, because we're filming by the river, and there's all this, birds are flying everywhere. They wow. said, you'd be surprised how many times we've had to stop That's filming. Behind-the-scenes stuff that you never hear no about. Idea. But the point is, you're just trying to be an actor, right. having the best day ever, going, I was on set today. And boom. But boom, it starts out with, Something you don't expect. Something yeah, humbling. Yeah. Humble, humble like that. Terrible, well, yeah. let's ask Josh Axelrod, what about this movie that's uh, starting to get some legs that they filmed in Greensboro? What's the name of it again? So it's called Definition, Please. Um, it's written by, directed by, and starring a, a Greensburg native named Suhana Day. People probably who are into uh, Insecure on HBO or Awkward Black Girl, uh, Issa Rae's first web series, probably were familiar with her, at least facially. Um, and yeah, she... She was a triple threat on this movie. She, uh, it's basically, it's it's shot it's shot in Greensburg, set in Greensburg, and I think at least part of it was shot in her childhood home, from huh. what I from what I understand. And it's basically about a spelling bee champion who flames out as an adult and kind of has to remember how to be a person again. Wow, I like um, the premise. Interesting. There's a lot. There's a lot of fa good family drama in it. Lots of heart and humor. Um, some very harrowing uh, mental health issues at stake uh, mm. by her brother. Um, the actor's name is Escaping Baby. He gives an awesome performance. And yeah, it was a movie that like, had been playing festivals for a long time. I think it had been out there maybe since 2020 or so. And uh, like Mindy Kaling was a, was a big advocate of it. She had been tweeting and putting a, um, on social med media about it. And uh, then just, I think, a week or two ago, uh, it got picked up by Ava DuVernay's uh, production company, and uh, they announced it was going to be on Netflix on Friday. That's so, awesome. Yeah, Green God bless. And uh, you know Suhada Day's from Greensburg because she calls it the GBG, which <laughs> I had never heard before, but I trust her when she says that's what people from Greensburg call it. So, uh, yeah, no, it's going to be there tomorrow. And cool. based on your story, your writing, I now want to go to Greensburg and, and check it out because I guess it comes across very well in the film. She really, like, shoots it tenderly and, like, she has all, all nothing but love for her hometown, you can tell. And uh, uh, I was going to say, I texted her my review this morning and she was like, oh my God, thank you so much. So, Suhada, when you listen to this, just know that we got your back here. And uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is going to want to watch this movie. And we're also with uh, Josh's mom, Sharon Everson. I'm curious, your vision, since you came from New York, 
What do you think of this? Really, when you think of the per capita, the film industry that really got a kickstart with Flashdance, and it seems to be thriving all these years where we've become a little mecca for the industry. How did that happen? Well, you know, it, it goes way back. I feel like the historian here for some reason, even though, you know, I came here in 1980, but um, movies started here. You know, the Nickelodeon first came here. The immigrants like Jack Warner, Warner Brothers, they came here first before they, you know, um, went out and, and conquered uh, uh, Hollywood. So um, that's part of part of it, I think. Um, I, I also think, and especially now, um, Pittsburgh offers, you know, for film companies coming here, we have terrain, we have weather, <laughs> right. um, and, you know, you can film um, across a lot of different um, ways here, too. I, I think uh, you can get, um, as, as Pittsburghers know, you can get every season in a day. Um, so, uh, you know, I think sometimes that that's very much appreciated. But Billy brought up, you know, our casting directors um, here. Um, and I think as people come here and they have experiences, they stay. And it's not always about tax credits. Netflix came here with Mindhunter and set up shop here. Um, uh, you know, we have 30th Street, 31st Street, Josh, at our uh, studios in, in the, the Strip. Yeah, there are places um, uh, in place here, too, for Hollywood um, to come here. And I think that's been the case for a really long time. But um, and, and I think there's a trust, too, in terms of local talent. Uh, you, you look up someone's resume and you see Carnegie Mellon and you see Point Park. And right away, something clicks if you're a casting director from anywhere in the country um i've asked that question and although people can't say that that there's any kind of you know uh, bias towards a particular school of course there is you know you know you're going to get quality out of certain programs and uh i, I think that just is something that goes on and on and i will say that you know it, it's um it's a snowball effect one of the great thing is about what Josh and I do is we get to speak to some amazing people and there was a year if you were an octogenarian and anything um, you did was coming to Pittsburgh I got to interview you so in a very short space of time I interviewed um, Mel Brooks, Hal Prince and William Shatner and all of them talked about Pittsburgh you know the times they had passed through in such loving ways and Mel Brooks reminded me that one of his co-writers on Blazing Saddles was Norman Steinberg, a Pittsburgher, and just started saying, you know, talking about Pittsburgh as if he was from here. And there just seems to be that real uh, warmth that uh, people we think of as not being from here and maybe don't know that they they have uh, for this place. And I think, like I say, it's, it's a snowball effect. It's a legacy, too. You know, Sharon, uh, you bring up the universities like, you know, Carnegie Mellon and, and Point Park and even Duquesne with their instrument. I mean, the, the musicians that have come out of this right. town. But what I find Absolutely. so fascinating is you go to New York and someone says, I'm from Pittsburgh, too. And you find out they trained in Pittsburgh. But if you listen to their <laughs> sentence, I'm from Pittsburgh. Somehow those four years embedded their hearts in this town right. where they feel like they're a fabric of people doing it together. Right. And so maybe somebody came to 
Point Park or Carnegie Mellon from Florida, but in their minds, they're watching the Steeler game and they can't <laughs> wait to meet somebody else from town. You know, and I, I think it's, it's so fascinating that the, the emotional currency of the journey that an artist takes is a huge home run for people. And, and that's what Pittsburgh seems to do a lot. It, we're, we're really that town. We're a very proud city. I grew up in the Strip. And my favorite thing is, since all the movies started getting made in Pittsburgh, is going to the theater and listening to someone behind me going, see that house right there? That's my cousin Chucky's. Wait, there it is. Right there. Right there. It's so true. You cannot, the streets aren't the right Yeah, you, you yeah. can't go through Armstrong Tunnel and end up on Boulevard. You can't do it. By the way, this is, this is two weeks in a row now that there's been something that was filmed here on Netflix. Just last week, Archive 81 dropped. That, that was the first thing that came back here once after the pandemic shut things down. That's right. And yeah, so we've it's been two weeks in a row now that like people just boot up Netflix and see something filmed in Pittsburgh. Well, that that's a that helps, right? I mean, it's a, like a little bit of a pipeline in a way. Oh, it's a huge pipeline, right? Yeah, like to share people, right? And there's, and there's so many local. There's so many local actors and crew members who got to work on Archive 81. I think actually Connor Smith told me when I talked to him a few months ago that he worked on Archive 81. Snowballs, just to, to your point, Sharon. Yeah, you got things going, and then you create this pipeline, and yeah, well, they can do it there. There are two Netflix movies filming here right now. And I want people to know that don't know, Nickelodeon, as you mentioned, Sharon, Pittsburgh had the first indoor theater in the world. Uh Uh-huh. Nobody knows that. I didn't know that. Did you know that? No, no, I didn't know we had the first indoor theater. It was on Smithfield Street. Street. The first film theater in the world where the sole purpose was to go in a movie house and Uh watch a movie we had the first on the planet. Pretty cool. I also work for the world's first commercial radio station. That would be KDKA, 101 years old, generated by Westinghouse, who had an appreciation for the arts, too. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Hyland. We've got more to discuss. In fact, I'm going to put Jim Crenn on the spot. Go ahead, brother. Billy, Sharon, and Josh. Sheila, you know where I'm going with I this. I think I do. Make sure exactly. you download the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or go to kdkradio.com. It's Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, Episode 17. We're honored to have our special guest, Billy Hartung, Director of the Center of Theater Arts in Mount Lebanon, Sharon Everson former Post-Gazette Performing Arts writer, and her son, Josh Axelrod, who is the current Performing Arts writer for the Post-Gazette. We appreciate you all kind of joining us, and this has been fun. Mm -hmm. And I know that, Sheila, you've tap danced. You've done other things besides. (laughs) No, you're a performer, though. I mean, you've been an anchor woman. My goal was to be on Broadway, just like Billy. Yes, I actually went to college. To, do that. to to sing and dance, but it just didn't end up that way. But well, yes, I have an appreciation for the arts. To say my the my partner here, Jim Crenn, Sharon, <laughs> he was a stand-up comedian first. That's how a lot of people got to know him. But then he got pulled into radio and morning radio and became an integral part of the rock legend station here for a quarter of a century. But he continued his stand-up. Then he wanted to expand his ability to entertain, so he became a writer and a producer and an actor and more recently a singer so i thought with billy sharon and and josh here this This is is big so we had a guest and we mentioned this a couple of times sheila you turned us on to the man behind the demon on brownsville 
Was it Bob Road, Cranmer. Brownsville Road? Yeah, uh, the Demon of Brownsville Road. Yes, and and it's a true story to his account of this house that was possessed that he lived in with his family. Now it turns out they're making a movie of this, so Pittsburgh's going to have another connection. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, this is so unbelievably Pittsburgh, a half person from everybody. Mm-hmm. The Exorcist, the real one who worked on this mission, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Turns out Jimmy knows him mm-hmm. and tell I him what he said with the exercise. He said it's a young man's game. He said he's out of he the retired. business. He's tired. It's a young, young man's, man's game. game. Time to pass it along. So, so I thought, Billy, I thought this is role. This performance, the, the role, role of the young man, will be played by Jimmy Crenn. The Exorcist, and, and if we could recreate, if Billy can help me. Okay, this is the scene. All right, here I'm we go, Sharon. Okay. Listen and, and, carefully. And Billy, you used to to say, you know, Father Stanley. That was Stanley Kachowski. So, Father Stanley, uh, you got to help us. This demon's driving us crazy or whatever. Yeah. And, and then and I'll go for from there. Action. Father Stanley, you've got to help us. This demon is driving us crazy. I got this, Billy. In the name of Chuck Noll, Jack Lambert, get out of the house! Get out of the house, you demon. If you're gonna stay, you're gonna kick in for rent or more, I don't know. Get out of the house! Sharon, what do you think? Um, I, I think you'd be a great stand-in for Pittsburgh Dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Nice. Where do you think Pittsburgh Dad got his idea? Yeah, maybe Stanley Pikachu. Maybe. Jimmy was a Hensor way before that. Billy Hartung might make a good Bob Cranmer. He might. You know what? You're right. You're Clay Cranmer. He had kids. Were there? Yeah, he had five kids. How about that? You have six. Six. You got it. You got a bonus child. Right age for when this was all going on. together. <laughs> call, you, your people can call my people. We'll, we'll set it's it a up. twofer. We'll, 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 yeah, we both got to accept it together. We got to yes. negotiate that together. Oh, yeah. How so old are your 14. six children at this point? 22, yeah. 20, 17, 15, 13, and 6. And every year he has to remember to change that. <laughs> you don't sleep, do you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, although I don't remember the years. Like, I'll have to fill out all this paperwork for kids. And I'm like, well, give me a break. 2004, <laughs> does, 2005, I don't know. Does your wife work outside the home? Because I don't want to say does your wife no, work because she she's working. She works big time. Actually, this is the first year in 21 years she has not had a kid at home because Isaac's full day kindergarten. So she does some uh, health coaching with, you know, some clients of hers. And uh, she's like... It, it's like the perfect solution to crayon brain, she calls it. Like, she's out of crayon brain, you know, and she's into, you know, finishing conversations. But uh, our biggest hope, and Pittsburgh could do that, and it's not a secret to a lot of artists, you can invest in your family here mm-hmm. and, and not have to keep so many balls in the air. And so where can you go and be a, a dad who is the provider? And it's not old school, it's just... We wanted to raise our kids right. here, and so that's what we did. And you know, well, like out. Sharon and Josh, mother, son, any of your six children showing signs that yeah. they want to be big time performers. So uh, yeah. the, the truth is, um, running a performing arts school certainly allowed my kids to be raised by Gene Kelly and not Barney. You, you know, what right. I, mean? I mean, they really right. grew up in it. So uh, I have a my oldest daughter is is in. She was actually born during Liza's show and Liza brought her out on stage a couple times and called her Liza Lou to everybody in the audience. I said, well, her name is Elizabeth Louise based on the middle names of our moms, but you've adopted it that I named my kid after you, (laughs) you know, so, but, but she said, Billy, there's something very exciting about a baby born during the opening night at the Palace Theater. And the truth is, uh, Elizabeth has some incredible talent. Uh, She is authentically 
present and she can sing her face off. But she's in speech language pathology hmm. at Duquesne. She's getting her master's. And she's like, Dad, I know I can sing and I know I can perform, but I want to see, like, I want to be in lives of people in other ways. So our youngest son has uh, special needs. He has Down syndrome. So okay. we've had uh, specialists in our home since he was, you know, seven weeks old. Right. Those experiences have also shaped my kids to take the arts and maybe the sciences. And, you know, she's like, I, I have clients right now, Dad, that love musicals, and I know all the roles. So <laughs> somebody's you know, wants to play Captain Hook, I can play Peter Pan with every <laughs> single one of them. And, you know, that's a way to use the theater. Right. So if my kids can take their investment in the experiential arts backgrounds that they have and go out into the world, I couldn't be more proud of that. So they don't need cool. to be on stage. I think all the world's a stage, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mean, but, mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. We're all kind of acting. True. You should see how I act like I'm awake at 5 a.m. on the radio every day. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier we were talking about the, the talent that's come out of uh, the universities here, Point Park and CMU especially, and I was trying to think of some of the the big names that have come out of CMU, whether they're from Pittsburgh or not, but they, they consider Pittsburgh home. I well, was, I mean, Billy Porter's got to be Billy a huge Porter, hit. Yeah, you know, and he, he's, yeah. he's, he's a I, megastar now. He's a megastar, but he's also a yeah. very authentically kind young man who loves this town. Is he, it true that in general, and Sharon, maybe you could speak to this because your view is a little different maybe than born and bred Yenzers like Jim and I, is that in general the stereotype is Pittsburghers don't think a lot of other people who think a lot of themselves and tell you about it. Meaning there's a, a humility that does come, but a, a low tolerance for other people don't feel that way. Um, what I found is when um, I, and this isn't recent, but when I first came here and I would say, you know, I'm from New York, they'd say, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and, and a lot of people, you know, don't understand, didn't relate to the fact that I had grown up in an apartment building. I grew up in a very urban New York kind of a way. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think there's, um, a love that brings people back here. Uh, you know, people talk about, uh, moving away for opportunities, uh, that Pittsburghers do that, but I think so many of them come back, even if it's to visit often, um, and, I think it's Western Pennsylvanians in general, at least from people I've known, I hate to generalize, you know, it's like, you know, New Yorkers are gruff or Pittsburghers or Yinzers, or whatever it is. I, I, I don't like to generalize that way, but in general, um, what I've meant um, are very committed people to whatever they do. And that usually involves their hometown. Uh, not to be negative, you know, when August Wilson left Pittsburgh, he wrote about Pittsburgh his the rest of his life, but it wasn't good things. You know, he had a really, really rough time here. But I, I can't relate to this to other hometowns. You know, I'm, I'll be a Brooklyn girl all my life. Pittsburghers will always be a Pittsburgher. I think um, all roads will lead back here for them. So there's something about this town that definitely gets in your blood and stays there. I've been here most of my life now. And uh, I, you know, except for some of the sports teams I still root for, <clears throat> I shouldn't say that out loud. Uh, um, yeah, I, I feel that uh, connection to the city so much. And I think it's easy. It's a big, small town. Don't you agree? You know, you 
everybody knows everybody else in some way. I was thinking of, um, and Billy, you know Rima Webb? Oh, very, very well. I just spoke with her. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so Rima is um, in, currently in The Music Man, and I was so looking forward to go, going to see her. My, I was going to New York, and uh, my performance was uh, canceled when Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster both um, had COVID. Uh, they're both back on stage now, but Rima is a working actress. She's from Clareton. She, you know, uh, she's been um, in everything from the Book of Mormon to The Music Man. Now, a go-to actress uh, in musical theater, and she runs um, uh, a, a performing arts camp um, in, in New York, and she brings that Pittsburgher to it. You know, and everyone, when someone goes to Pittsburgh, a young person, they they have people who have that connection, who they can reach out to, who uh, who will accept them with open arms, and that goes for people who just who I don't want to say just who went to school here, uh, Patrick Wilson who went to Carnegie Mellon, um, uh, you know, uh, anyone who went to Point Park. There's just this connection that people feel here, and and they can always find someone wherever they go who feel that connection. How about Mariah C. Kaminsky, who is the artistic director of Pittsburgh Public Theater, who's from Seattle. Little did I know she had lived out there, and her husband, Eric, is from Pittsburgh. Hmm. But he didn't intend to come back. She got the gig and brought brought him back, and he's so thrilled to be back, and they got a place in Polish Hill, and she, she loves it. And then I interviewed August Wilson, 32 years ago on my TV show, One on One, and had I known that he was going to become this, you know, he was so, but I thought he was so humble because that's when he really started taking off. Mm-hmm. And and I thought about what you said. The things he wrote about were time periods in Pittsburgh from the Hill District and from the perspective of black Americans living here. And it, it wasn't and isn't great for a lot of people in that unfortunate minority right now for people to be but I think because of his work, maybe maybe we become better because of it. Maybe we learn some lessons from it. And maybe this city, you know, does a better job at that. So in a way, that's how art can contribute, point, right? you know, to, yeah. to, to a better life. Mm-hmm. True. It's very poignant. Very good. I yes. didn't mean to get that deep. I thought it was pretty cool wow. you interviewed August Wilson. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know you had all that in you, Larry. Cool, yeah, he was sitting, like, right next to me, and I, I knew he was, like, become, but nobody right. would have projected where he took off and became as post, you know, after he passed, too. Yeah. And Denzel Washington's committed to sure. make all these productions, and they shot fences in Pittsburgh. Right, right Josh? And Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, Somebody done right. two of them yeah. there. Yeah. Right. I saw those films, very powerful films. And Billy, what's next? Well, well, I do want to say, you know, we're bouncing back from city, you know, big city like New York and, and, and Pittsburgh. The, it's funny, when you're a young training actor and you, you're in town, people go, when are you going to New York? That, I mean, that's the but. When are you going to New York? You might do 40 shows in Pittsburgh and be like, I kind of love being here, actually. I'd like to stay here. Yeah, but when are you going to New York, right? Then when you finally get to New York, they say, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> well, you're from Pittsburgh. Like, you got major theaters there. You got incredible actors there. Why are you putting yourself through the rent? Why are you putting yourself through the hustle and the bustle? And so you finally get there, yeah. and everybody's like, if I had a chance to get my butt to Pittsburgh, I'd go back to Pittsburgh. And, and so I told huh. people, they said, you coming back? I said, I'm coming forward. You don't get to 
return until you've gone somewhere. <clears throat> right. And, and that's really what I think a lot of actors in this town have done is they've come full circle or they've come forward in a way that their collective experiences of working hard and, and, and you know, putting themselves on the line, they did it. But then to return is a gift. Right. That's it, a great point. It's not a point. penalty. And it's what are you going to do next? What can we see Billy Hartung in? I know what you're doing. Well, well I'll tell you, uh, one of the things I'm really very proud of right now is I run this Center for Theater Arts, which is a performing arts school in the South Hills. And we had our 40th anniversary during a pandemic. And, and Larry, you were kind enough to have me on the morning show. We rented Heinz Hall last year for our anniversary. Wow. We did a 40th anniversary with no audience. We went live streamed with their cameras. Heinz Hall was kind enough to have us. I took 38 kids there. Um, but this year they asked us if we wanted to come back. So we're going to do live from Heinz Hall. I'm bringing in two huge uh, names, uh, Norm Lewis and Hugh Pinero, who are big Broadway stars, but they're also friends of mine. And the whole theme of this show is friendship. Those two have shared their careers and their friendships hmm. back and forth. I said, well, the center made it through a pandemic because of relationships, not because of show tunes. That place was a place for kids to come and be seen by someone, not to be heard by a great ballad or a great mm -hmm. song. So that's what's next is taking care of this school and finding a way. And it's cool. You're paying it forward, helping these kids. Yeah. It's a rewarding. It has to be. And you're in a town where we had Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. <laughs> well, yep. yeah. I, I'm going to lean over. I just have to read something about Mr. Rogers, but I know there's a timeline. Wow. But if you look at the reality of, you know, the legendary stat, Jimmy Stewart, Francis McDermott, Charles Grodin, Charles Bronson, Gene Kelly, Jeff Goldman, Michael Keaton, Jimmy and Dennis Miller, right? But if you skip to just Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, right. Chuck Abra, Maggie Stewart, Mary Ross, and Joe Negri, Danny Herman, Tomei Cousins, Don Brockett, Michael Keaton, and that was in, like, just the beginnings of, Right. Fine in a way. And then they all went on to massive careers. And then you go to Broadway. You know, you have, you know, Tim Federley, Billy Porter, Jeff Calhoun, Matt, Matt Stokey, Danny Herman, Rima Webb, Rochelle Rack, Jim Caruso, Tomei Cousins, Lenora, Peter Matthew Smith, Lori Marinese. Like, the, I could give you f literally pages of people that go, I love Pittsburgh. And it gave me a place right. to root myself, mm -hmm. to have the courage to go on. And that's not four pages of name dropping. Right. It's just, mm -hmm. it's Pittsburgh. Did you, did you mention yeah. Joe Manganiello in there, by the well, way? Well, he's on here, too. Oh, okay. Hey, he's by the way, let's, I mean, let's not Joe leave Manginello. out, the magic. Right. Let's not leave out the magic Mike movie. Oh, uh, here we go. That, that was very Well, important. I hate to burst your bubble, <laughs> you know, Sheila, that was but. a cultural event. Joe Manganiello's abs were painted <laughs> on in that movie. Oh, no, they weren't. You know what? I met him at a Steeler tailgate party. Uh, big playoff thing a few years ago, and I told I told him that those abs are painted on. I say? actually imitate Jimmy's Yenzer voice. <laughs> he he started laughing. Everybody oh, around him was laughing. <laughs> Thomas Tall, the billionaire who's yeah. a minority owner of the Steelers and owned legendary pictures, sold that. Remember for three point two billion, could have lived anywhere on the planet. Decided to move his family and be present here That's in old. Pittsburgh. Mm. Josh Axelrod. Big fan of your family's work. You're now, it's on you. The mantle is on you. Post Gazette, <laughs> performing arts writer, mom Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. I hope you feel better. You sound good. Thanks. No, I, I feel fine. Um, I, I, if for anyone who doesn't know, I, I was diagnosed um, positive. I, I had a positive test. Uh, uh, it's almost two weeks ago now, and I've had no almost no symptoms. And um, 
I, it's not that I haven't been doing anything. Um, I've been working on a website called On Stage Pittsburgh that I um, hope you'll see more of. And you'll see a couple of stories coming out in Pittsburgh Magazine um, that I'm working on. So, um, yeah, I'm not done yet. And I hope everyone will keep reading Josh. Josh writes a lot about movies. I would say, Josh, um, we talked about this a lot, but you gotten to speak to Michael Keaton and Jeff Goldblum really early on and uh, it's always a struggle sometimes for Pittsburgh writers to get the big names but he he's a go-getter he gets them so yeah, well Keaton we appreciate were my, were my white whales now they're not I harpooned them I don't, even, I don't even know who's next at this point right out of the gate thank you both and uh Billy Hartung appreciate yeah. your work uh you're one of the most talented people i've ever met and i appreciate what you did with the warriors rock show for our veterans the men and women who serve and their families who've also sacrificed it was so well received yeah. and i stood at that stage going damn jimmy and i we could be singing and dancing too <laughs> we're working on it we're, we're, next. we're working on it <laughs> sheila she you can dance I can play the tambourine, too. Really? <laughs> All right. We want to thank uh, you for spending some time, your valuable time. want to thank our producer, the great, uh, where is he? Dick He's Roberts. And I uh, want to thank Rick Dolnak, who's a tremendous act. Look at him. He's in the shadows, but that guy is on the verge of something huge. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be big. And Jim Petolsky, our audio engineer, couldn't do it without him. And thank everybody for being here. A 23rd in Vine, that would be Bob Bazelli and Lou Caputo. Great place. They own this Check place near the Birmingham Smooth Bridge Robinson on East Carson Wine. Street. Good. Episode 17 is a wrap. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn and Sheila Highland. Go to kdkradio.com or download the free Odyssey app.